Welcome back. I'm Open Family to the I'm Open podcast. We have so many incredible topics to discuss this week. I'm going to be bringing my buddy Casey on the line, and we're going to let you know whether Space Jam 2 is going to be a bust or whether it's going to be tight. We're going to also let you know at what point does one's love of hot dogs become a threat to their personal safety, and we're also going to explain the perfect trade in which both sides come out winners all coming up next on the i'm open podcast open family we are back i'm i'm with my man kc we got so much to talk about this has been a crazy week in sports all around the world we were going to try to cover it all for you, do our best, uh, just the important things, just the fun things. The World Cup final is about to happen in just a couple of days, and there's been fans from all over the world going. Unfortunately, uh, we were not able to go this year. Next year. Oh, no, not next year. In four years? <laughs> yeah, well, in eight years, it's coming back to us, to the States. Also, wait, I'll wait for, for a more fun uh, destination for the World Cup. Brazil, the last one, that seemed like it would have been fun. Russia wouldn't have been my ideal destination. No offense. That shows you how much I don't know about soccer. I'm talking about we're going next year. <laughs> <laughs> if we go next year, we might be the only ones out there. <laughs> <laughs> but what am I saying? It's been entertaining to watch. I got to say, the World Cup is like my time to catch up on soccer after um, four years of not paying attention. So it's always fun to catch up. It's still exciting. This World Cup has been super exciting. It seems like half of these games over the past week have ended up in uh, penalty kicks some, some way or another. So it's been really uh been really high intensity games. My favorite moment though of the World Cup was seeing Diego Maradona, who is a legend of, of soccer, one of the the best uh, Argentine soccer player ever, and one of the best players from any country ever. He's been going hard at the World Cup, celebrating, supporting, and when uh, um, Argentina is now uh, eliminated from the World Cup, but just about a, a week or so ago, they were playing against Nigeria, and yeah. people for a sec thought there was like a crisis in Argentina because they thought that Maradona was maybe be gonna die because he literally passed out as soon as the game was over and we'll post some pics for y'all on instagram i'm open underscore pod and on our facebook but maradona was turning up he was cussing he was praying he was putting up his middle fingers and at the end of the game argentina scored to beat nigeria with like three minutes to go and he just straight up passed out from i assume i can only assume from drinking and from excitement so much drinking exhausting adrenaline Disappointment, resentment, sweat. That's everything. I can relate. I've never, like, passed out for my team. But maybe if you're there in person in such a high-intensity moment, like, I can see that. And, we, you know, we at the I'm Open Pod, we're just big sports fans. So I think we just appreciate folks who just, like, lay it all on the line for their team. We love the fanatics. Yeah. Oh, we do. We no, do. No lukewarm sports fans over here. Yeah. No lukewarm. It's okay. Like even if your team sucks, like if, if which Argentina obviously doesn't suck, they had a kind of a disappointing World Cup. But if you go hard for your team, like we will respect that, especially because this guy, you know, he's already won a World Cup on his own, so he doesn't really need to. You mean he's already got his right, but he's still out there supporting the next generation, and like he the might. Passion, yeah, he might be sweating more than them. That's <laughs> he's a real thing. He's definitely drinking Can we more be than concerned? them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, he had to get carted off. That's how you know you really – when they say leave it all on the field or leave it all on the line for your team, they usually talk about the players, not the fans. But this man right. went all the way in and did not stop. So shout-out to Diego Maradona. But he was even outshined by another super fan. That is Terry Powell. He is somebody who probably nobody has heard of who listens to the pod. Nobody in the I'm Open family has heard of, but he is a new member of the I'm Open family. He is a Mississippi State college baseball super fan. And he's, I mean, KCU, he's a fanatic. He really, with the, the full, with every syllable in there. Like, this man <laughs> does not quit. You actually first turned me on to him, Casey, and I'm so grateful because this man has really just brought a lot of joy to my life already. So, Terry, yeah, man. just to catch everybody up, Terry is a huge, huge fan of Mississippi State Bulldogs baseball. Baseball. Baseball, which isn't even, you know, cool. I mean, that's great. That's great. I just, I didn't know college baseball had crazy super fans like that. I thought that was more of a college football thing, but I guess every sport has super fans. I mean, that's what's great about sports. But this man said his wife's boyfriend sold his prosthetic leg on Craigslist to get Terry a ticket to go to the College Baseball World Series. Now, that is incredible commitment, and that's so generous, too. Beyond generous. No, I, I feel like this, this leaves me more questions, though, than answers. And maybe you can help me work through this, Casey. His wife's boyfriend bought him the, bought him the ticket to go. So... He's, he seems like he's chill with his wife having a boyfriend. <laughs> as long as he gets to go to the World Series, is that like the is that the answer here? I think I think that was the compromise, man. That was the middle ground reconciliation. Because when I when I found that video, I just watched the video first, and yeah. I didn't read the captions. But then when I read the story, like you said, I was like, his wife's boyfriend, like. Look, man, if it, like this is the thing. If you're that big of a fan, I don't. And disclaimer: I'm open family. I don't want anyone to think I condone. No, what we, I'm about to say. Yeah, we're, we're just spitballing here. If we're talking like sports, is it okay to just kind of be like, like my wife's boyfriend, and he's got the hookup for me to go? To? Like, put it this way. Yeah, no, that's a great so, question, Casey. Like, does your can your fandom sort of your surpass fandom your love life or your relationship? Your love life or, or your, you know, morals. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. That is really crazy. I don't know. Yeah. I can only speak in hypotheticals, and I want you yeah. to answer it. Like, for me, I guess the biggest sports thing I would ever see would be a Super Bowl. So, like, if my wife somehow had tickets to a Redskins Super Bowl and her boyfriend was, like, a plug, Mm-hmm. I think I'd honestly be okay with that. Is there any sports yeah. circumstance, David, where you would, you know? I was just going right? to say, like, if, for example, like John Wall, that's my, I love John Wall. I'm a big Blizzards fan. And if he, like, wanted to go on a date with Ariana, uh, my girlfriend, obviously it would be up to her. I would. I, she's, a, she's a grown woman, so she gets to choose what she wants to do. But I wouldn't, like, necessarily stop her, I guess. I would just maybe be like, can I meet up with y'all after? <laughs> and then we could all hang. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> especially if you can get us tickets, maybe into the into the box after, into the, to hang with the players at stadium after. I don't know. Like, I would be open-minded, I guess. We we always try to stay open on this show, so. Open, open-minded. <laughs> open hearts, open minds, open, open hearts. Open hearts, open minds. No, I'm open family. It's not actually, we're making it seem like more strenuous and serious. As this. this guy's actually, like, elated. Like, he's happy as shit. Like, it's yeah. not a matter of him being like, oh, my wife's born. Like, I don't know. He's, he's like, happy. He's like, oh, my wife's boyfriend's prosthetic leg. Yeah. I have to go to the game. Like, no, it's, it's, a, it's a good thing. And That's we'll, why I said disclaimer. Absolutely. We'll play the clip for y'all. But he literally, I mean, he talks about it like it's 
ordering a pepperoni pizza. He's like, so my wife's boyfriend, he got me. Yeah. <laughs> He's not worried about it. It's just like a, a you know, fact of his life. Thing is, <laughs> when he describes it. He's talking like as if the prosthetic leg is like that situation is like a normalized thing, and not to like I'm not I'm not like joking on anyone with disabilities or thing. But he's like, oh yeah, man, my wife's boyfriend's like prosthetic leg. We sold it on Craigslist. Now I'm at the game. Like, <laughs> he said it in the most like every day, like it happens all the time. <laughs> I know. I was also my other question. I was like, doesn't your man need this prosthetic leg? <laughs> Like, that seems a little selfish to me. I know we do crazy things as sports fans. You think you going to the College World Series is more important than this man having a prosthetic leg? Like, you know, that's kind of, that's not, that's kind of like, I would have been like, no, man, that's so thoughtful. You need your leg. I don't really need, I can watch these games on TV. But he was like, sure, man, tell your leg. <laughs> on Craigslist. Yeah. All places. And that brings me to my third question. Is there like a large prosthetic leg market on Craigslist? I have no idea. <laughs> that would be the first place I would look. It seems like there's a demand. It seems like there must be demand if he was able to pay his whole trip. You guys. You guys listen, comment, hit us back on Facebook or uh, IG or even on the comments on Apple, and you yeah. tell us what you think when he says it. Because the way he says it is the most nonchalant, chill. Like, y'all tell us what you think. Please do. But there has to be a big market. I mean, tell us if you guys can do any research what the prosthetic leg Craigslist market is as well. Because I feel like if I had to go down that route, I would definitely, like, try to get a doctor-recommended uh, leg prosthetic, not just um, get one off Craigslist. I, I just I don't really know how that works, but that seems like a it risk. Goes, it, it goes to show, like, how much of a true sports fan. And I'm not saying there's, a, like, a social, like, hierarchy of sports. No. But, like, Mississippi State, you're thinking, like, you know, big-time Southern kind of football. Like, this is college <laughs> baseball. Yeah. Like, that's how much it means to him. And I don't think there was any, like, family relation. Like, he had a son on the team or, like, a net. Like, he's just a fan. And he really wanted to He just know. loves. No, exactly. And, I mean, the other, like, from the other angle, the boyfriend of the wife, he, when when people say, like, yo, I would give my leg for tip for one weekend. I'd give an arm and a leg for you. Yeah, like, my man literally did. Now, it, wasn't a, it was a prosthetic leg. But still, he must have just been needing some alone quality time with this other man, with Terry Powell's wife so, so bad that he was like, look, I will sell my prosthetic to have a weekend alone with you and get your husband out of here. So, so it's a win-win. It's a win-win. It's, that's what I'm saying. It seems like a great compromise for both of them. It's like, what are you both yeah, willing to do? I'm thinking about it, and maybe I would need a little more time, but I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now. This might be one of the best win-win fans of sports. I can't think of anything right now. I'm sure there's like something comparable, but... This is pretty incredible. Yeah, I when I saw the when I saw yeah. the clip on Yahoo, I thought it was like a joke or like you know some skit, some sketch. But like what made it so funny? This is one hundred ten percent real. <laughs> yeah. No, this is a great win-win trade for both of them, I think, because in compromise, you always think about what are both sides willing to sacrifice, right? So Terry was willing to sacrifice uh, spending time with his wife or being the only person who's dating his, his wife. I guess he's not dating his wife. Being the only person who's intimately involved with his wife, that's something he was willing to sacrifice. And the other guy, we don't know his name yet, though, Colin, to the show, we would love to have you as a guest to talk about this if, if we didn't get a hold of you, to his wife boyfriend he was willing to sacrifice his prosthetic leg so it's like where do you meet in the middle and that's what they're both willing to sacrifice it's perfect yeah. 
Uh, it's pretty incredible. And and um and then Terry started going on this thing about Rally Bananas, and he started this whole new thing called Rally Bananas. So that this man just seems like he's a powerhouse, and he's not letting anything you know stop him. And he's even started a GoFundMe to buy a new prosthetic leg for his wife's boyfriend. <laughs> So that's the thing. He's loyal and he's not just a user. He's not like, oh, no. thanks for your prosthetic leg. I'm on so he's like, yo, thank you for this. I got my tickets, but now I'm gonna get your leg back. Yeah, he's not just gonna take the money and run. He's gonna ask the public. Now he's not personally gonna buy it back for him, but he's gonna ask the public he's to be generous enough. <laughs> I think now maybe he's just hoping his whole rally banana idea would go viral, so he could uh, get his GoFundMe sponsored by random strangers and by his um, wife's boyfriend, a new prosthetic leg, which uh, pr- it would probably work. It's a great scheme. <laughs> this is, this yeah, is incredible. I don't think this will be the last we're hearing of this man. I hope not. Terry, we can't wait to get you on the show. We really need Please. to have a full panel sit down with Terry, the boyfriend, and hopefully the wife. The, the wife, hopefully some members of the Mississippi State baseball team, just to get everything in order. Uh, and I've never, ever heard of anybody sacrificing so much just to be able to go to Omaha, which is where the... Uh, oh, in this case, it could be so little, which is... That's, that's the irony. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> he didn't sacrifice that much, after all. I, it was really the wife's boyfriend who made the sacrifice in his honor. That's just, that's just love. That's just love all the way around. The basketball world was rocked last week by the news that LeBron James will be joining the Los Angeles Lakers. 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 Wow. Uh, I got to say, we're not really going to hit on this for too long. We're sorry. There's a million other podcasts. If you're interested in people yelling back and forth about LeBron going to the Lakers that y'all can listen to. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm not that surprised. Let's be honest. I, everybody's like, you know, drooling and crazy and burning shit and breaking their TVs. I don't, I'm, I don't really feel that surprised by this. What about you, Casey? I'm not surprised at all, man. Look, he's like about to be in his mid-30s. His son is about to go to school there. His wife is sick of the cold in Cleveland. No disrespect to Cleveland. I lived there for two years. Shout out Northeast Ohio, you know what I'm saying? So, like, come on, man. LeBron wants to do movies. He wants to have the L.A. size, the L.A. life. He's now got the L.A. wife, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, LA got it all. LeBron. Yeah. Got it all balls out there, you know. Those people out there in L.A. know how to, you know, move around like famous families and that whole lifestyle. It's, it's time, man. It's actually a great, you know, retirement place for him. Not surprised at all, you know. Fuck it, whatever, LeBron. It's you're, it's harder for yourself now because you're at the East for the first time and you're going to have to face all those Western beasts. But uh, enjoy, man. Good shit for you. But one person who yeah. was actually surprised was for the coach, Tyron Lue. Mm. <laughs> well, at least he's saying you're surprised. But, uh, but yeah, Coach yeah. Lue was a little sad to have LeBron go next now he's actually going to have to coach the team, which is going to be a, a, a new this, strain on this him. Is, this is we'll see if he's actually a real coach, man, because, you know, he actually has to coach now. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. So, we'll see. There's and, still some exciting developments coming from the Cleveland Cavs next season. Yeah. So don't, don't tune out on them yet. I'm open family, but, you know, <laughs> well, still a very interesting squad. Or tune out if you want to. It's okay. Uh, <laughs> Um, but yeah, LeBron, look, he's got two houses in LA. He has his production company that he owns in LA. He started uninterrupted his own uh, sort of media sports 
uh, for sort of first person reporting news site. So LA is a great place for him to be. So he he's been thinking about life after basketball, and obviously the places where he can can really make the most of that is going to be in LA rather than Cleveland. No offense to Cleveland, but he's he's already given so much to Cleveland economically and in terms of sports as well. And he said this time he was really going to ask his family. He said family first this time, and he's going to ask his family where they want to live. Yeah, man. Like I said, it's it's a family move. It's beyond basketball, man. I mean, of course, Lakers legacy it comes with that and all that shit, but it's a lifestyle move, man. It's mm-hmm. like Le- LeBron has made lifestyle moves. You know, if he wanted the, the Miami size and his wife didn't really fuck with mm-hmm. that, and you know, that was just to kind of get his spread his wings, get those two ships, and then mm-hmm. came to Cleveland and fulfilled his promise, and then he's like, all right, I'm rolling. So. I think this is the first time LeBron actually did something he really wanted to do. And I'm not saying he didn't go to mm-hmm. Miami because he didn't want it, but he he knew he had to go down there. To get a chance. I think yeah. this move, he's like, I want to play for the Lakers. I want that legacy. I want my family to be in L.A. I want to do the movies. Like you said, like, this is just the ultimate, you know. This is like, all right, I'm doing, for the first time ever, I'm doing something for me now. Yeah. I think also a big play in this was his son, his oldest son, Bronny, um, LeBron James Jr., He's he can really ball. He's gonna go pro for sure. He's really good. He uh, just almost Bronny, dunked. Bronny will be pro. Bronny will definitely go pro. He almost dunked last week and he came like an so close. He was like an inch away from dunking, and he's 13 years old. The man, I mean, he's not even a man. The boy can ball, and he's a great. He's already a better three point shooter than than Bron. He's pulling up from three, like step back. He could pull. He plays more like James Harden or or Steph Curry than his dad. And he might not yeah, be as big as nice. his dad, but he's going to be nice. He's, he's super nice. So if you look um, on LeBron's Instagram, just a couple days before he announced he's going to LA, and if you look, LeBron is such. He's a genius. Both on the court, off the court, business, sports, everything. The man is a genius. He's, he's on another level. He's playing chess when everybody else is playing checkers. And we've talked about this before. So when he makes a post, when he makes a comment, it's not like just an accident. Everything with him is planned out. So he, just a couple days before he decided that, or announced that he was going to L.A., he posted a picture of him and his son jumping off a cliff. Do you see that? Oh, yeah, they, they were they, uh, on vacation. On vacation. LeBron was, like, screaming and cursing, and then he mm-hmm. finally jumped. He was, like, <laughs> acting scared to jump off the cliff, even though it wasn't that big of a cliff. I'm scared of heights. I definitely would have done it, but it wasn't, like, a huge cliff, let's be honest. But to me, as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, he's gone. He's gone. Because it's so symbolic. Jumping off the cliff, it's a leap of faith, right? So that was LeBron's Mm -hmm. symbol. I'm taking a leap of faith. Who is he going with? He's going with his son, Bronny Jr. He's taking a leap of faith with his son because he's making this move also because LA there's so many great powerhouse high school basketball programs and he knows that's a better place for his son to further his young career as a basketball player even though he's only about to start high school next year so just thinking about okay my son's about to start high school where's a better place for him to get recruited and to have a high profile to play against the other best players obviously you're LeBron James Jr. you're going to get recruited no matter where you go but being in LA he's going to get to get play against you know a lot of really great Really great competition that he probably wouldn't have gotten to play against in Cleveland. So I think the whole the whole thing, the writing was on the wall. LeBron was trying to let us know he was ready to take a leap of faith with his son. And the crazy thing is, son jumped first and he wasn't scared, and then LeBron was scared. So I think it was kind of symbolic, like my son's ready for this, so I'm going to take this leap of faith because I trust that it's going to work out for my family. It's all there. It's so poetic. Damn, that was beautiful, man. <laughs> so I'm telling you guys, if you awesome. if you follow these guys, uh, Instagram. 
a lot of times you can tell there's little hints, even if they don't specifically say, especially with LeBron, who's such a mastermind, you can kind of tell what he's planning on doing. If he was staying in Cleveland, he would have had some post about home sweet home. Sandwiches. Sandwiches with my family, something like that. He wouldn't have been <laughs> in a tropical place jumping off a cliff. That made that was like, this is clear. LeBron is ready to try new things and like push himself, and that's why he's t- taking a leap of faith going to L.A., Right. Not sure right away that the team's going to be great, but his supporting cast is probably not. It's definitely not worse than the cast he had in Cleveland. It's going to be fine, and he knows he'll be fine. Throw up one of those nice gifts you make, man, on on the IG. Uh, of course, brother. Of course, I'll throw up a gif of LeBron uh, jumping off the cliff, and I'll see leap, leap of faith. Gif of LeBron off the cliff. Yeah, <laughs> the LeBron cliff gift is coming. <laughs> yeah, exactly. LeBron cliff gift. <laughs> yeah, y'all will see. Y'all will see. It's like he. Yeah, I mean that's that that's what that's what he means. It's all it's all symbolic. Here's the thing, too, though, that, you know, we, we haven't touched on. Uncle Drew just came out. Kyrie Irving, that's his movie, right? Yep. Kyrie was like Bron's little brother. He was tired of living in Bron's shadow. He leaves Bron's shadow. Now he makes the movie Uncle Drew. LeBron had already kind of started going into the media game. Um, he had started producing TV shows. Um, with Amy Schumer and Bill Hayes. Exactly. So I think he was like, okay, hold up, hold up, hold up. Kyrie now thinks he's going to be making movies? And he got like a lot of, you know, pretty famous people in the movie. I think, with, wasn't it, uh, I mean, some former basketball Shaq. players were in the movie. Shaq, Reggie Miller, Reggie Miller. Chris Webber, Lisa Leslie was in the movie. Um, and then, like, some different comedians, Lil Rel from, uh, well, he's done a lot of stuff now, but he was from Get Out, uh, Nick Kroll, yeah. I think, was in the movie. So he got a really all-star cast. So I think LeBron was like, oh, shit, I'm not letting Kyrie take my corner here, the Hollywood corner. Yeah, well, I don't know if this is some, like, urban hoodness bullshit, but apparently there's a Space Jam 2. Is that real? Well, people keep talking about Space Jam 2 and that it's going like, to be LeBron. LeBron. And it keeps, like, I've heard people talking about that for years, right? So maybe that's the <laughs> real reason why. Maybe he's like, oh, no, you got Uncle Drew, and he wants to just blow that out of the water and come out with Space Jam, too. That might be part of the and, reason and, why. And not to, not to digress too far, we could just rock 30 seconds on this for the I'm Open fan. Mm-hmm. Space Jam 2. Boss, nice remake, or just Space Jam 1 classic for our generation. Just move it along. Yeah. What do you think? I feel bad because I, I love Brown. I love that he's pushing himself creatively in all these different ways. I think it's going to be very hard for them to top the first one or even come close. Like, it's really hard. When people who aren't normally actors act, it's really, really hard to make it a successful movie. And Space Jam, the original, was was incredible. Unless LeBron can get, like, MJ to come back and do the movie with him somehow, that would be tight. But I, I find it very, like, I would be kind of surprised if it... Is it going to be, like, with Bugs Bunny and everybody again? Or maybe, I assume, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, maybe now that there's, like, new cartoons, maybe, you know... What if may, what if it was like The Incredibles were in it and like Finding Nemo and stuff like that? I don't even know. You know, like that might be like new cartoons that have come out since this first Space Jam instead of the original Looney Tunes. That might be cool. I don't even know. I don't, maybe now I'm not even, I don't know who owns, you know, who owns all those right. different characters. Maybe they wouldn't even be allowed to be in the movie. But there would need to be some more NBA guys in there, right? Like the modern age, like you'd have to have Harden, you'd mm-hmm. have to have, 
if I'm JD and Curry and you know well, those guys have to be in it. Like, that's the, absolutely the true. Jam had like you know Buckley and all them Charles. dudes like, from that era. Yeah, this is the real thing. Do you think Kyrie would be down? I mean, Kyrie's one of the biggest NBA stars. Yeah. You have to put him there, right? Do you think he'd be down, or he'd be like, Nah, I'm not supporting LeBron? I think Kyrie definitely would not be in Space Jam too because he's got his own movie thing now with Uncle Drew and like if, if, if Uncle Drew is really well received like I could see him trying to do like an Uncle Drew too you know and he's already got like a, like Shaq you would have wanted him to be in, spa- in Space Jam too but like LeBron I mean Kyrie already got him I feel like you <laughs> yeah I feel like now people are teaming up like who they want you can't double dip whatever but yeah in sports, right? I guess so man but I mean I feel like if LeBron could get whatever James Harden uh, Steph Katie, you know, Carmelo. I know nobody probably even wants to see Carmelo. <laughs> like, LeBron still has so many friends around the league. Like, he could probably get a lot of Giannis. I would love to see Giannis in the movie. Who would you like to see in the movie? Who do you think would be funny in the movie? Funny? Or, or a good I mean, clearly, I mean, funny to not see. to be, like, super cliche, but, like, he would have to put LeVar Ball in the movie. Well, I don't know that situation yet because I don't think those guys have talked for, like, come on, like, say Gen 2, this current era. You would have to have LeVar in there somehow, even if he makes a quick cameo. Yeah. So I would like to see some LeVar action. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of players who are funny, like guys in the NBA who like, oh, they make some funny. Yeah. I mean, we don't necessarily know everybody for their sense of humor. Um, yeah. I would love to see uh, Nick Young and JaVale McGee in the movie as sort of like mm-hmm. the two, like, sort of goofy slapstick parts of the movie. They're already yeah, best they friends. They're both goofy. They love being on stage, you know, on stage or I don't know if J.R. Smith is funny or if he's just stupid. But J.R. has to be in the movie somehow. He has to be in the movie. <laughs> like, that's the thing. It goes beyond, like, just kind of like we talked about the list of the case. Mm-hmm. Like, do you think LeBron is, you know, big enough of a guy to put beyond the whole shit show of mm-hmm. the Cavs, Warriors? Do you think he's big enough of a guy to be like, yo, J.R., you fucked up so bad game yeah. one, so you're my boy. Come be in the movie. Why LeBron is big enough guy to do that? I do think he LeBron the bigger man. Yeah, I think LeBron could be the bigger person. Also LeBron and JR were pretty close friends. I think it was uh if it was somebody on the team who LeBron didn't really trust or didn't really um get along with very well, like Rodney Hood or something like that who had done that, <laughs> he'd be like, I'm never speaking to you again. But with with JR, like they actually are pretty close friends. I think he gets frustrated with him. But even JR said this after the game, he said, I'm glad it was me because I can handle it. Giannis is so funny. I feel like you gotta get Giannis on I mean Joe Joel Embiid, he is so funny. I feel like both of those dudes have yeah, to be on yeah, it. Embiid has to be on it. John John Wall's an, an incredible dancer. I feel like he could he could be on doing some crazy dance footwork, dribbling something, you know, with the cartoons. I don't know. I feel like you could have a lot of fun with some of those guys. Steph, you could have him doing like his crazy like dribble and shoot routine yeah, that he does before yeah. games. I think there's a lot of potential there, but I do think it's going to be pretty hard unless they're really creative and think out of the box in ways we've been talking about. I think it might be hard for them to top the original one um, or even come close to it. I agree. Here's what, I'm, here's what I wanted to ask you about, too, Casey, in relation to all this drama. Kyrie just said that even though James Harden was named the NBA MVP this season, he still thinks LeBron is the real MVP. Is he trolling LeBron? 
or do you think he really thinks that? I think he really thinks that. I mean, you know, Kyrie was in a spot where he's an all-star in his own right, and it was LeBron's team, LeBron City, you know, so he rolled out. But I think Kyrie is a, you know, he went to Duke and shit. He's a, he's a smart enough guy with enough common sense to mean that. I think he really meant that. And I think it's true. I think LeBron was the MVP, mm. clearly. Like, are you fucking kidding me? This man this yeah. man went, like, 100 miles an hour and, like, got gassed out on E. Like, no, nah, man, LeBron yeah. is definitely MVP. And I think that shows Kyrie's maturity to say that because, like, you know, we already kind of discussed LeBron and Kyrie. Mm-hmm. They're not beefing, but, you know, they're kind of on, you know, if you went your separate ways, you know, if I see you, I kind of, you know, tip my hat and then we keep it moving. But, uh, no, I think Kyrie meant that for sure. Also, I think the NBA, a lot of times, they give the MVP a year after. Like, honestly, Harden should have got the MVP last year. Harden, I think, definitely should have been the MVP last year instead of Russell Westbrook. And, I mean, James Harden was had an incredible season last year, and I feel like people were trying to make that up for him this year and give him the MVP, where this year the, the MVP easily could have been LeBron. And I'm calling it right now. I think LeBron's going to be the MVP next year because I think people are going to kind of be like, oh, we could have given it to LeBron last year. You, you think LeBron I think LeBron's going to be the MVP think? next year. Oh, yeah. And I think since the Lakers sucked this season, with LeBron, the Lakers could easily be the third team in the West. And if they jump all the way up from not even being close to making the playoffs to suddenly be the third team in the West, I could definitely see LeBron being MVP. They'll be like, wow, look at LeBron turn this team around and it's all these young guys. Hmm. LeBron maybe has one more MVP in the tank, even though he's getting up yeah. there in years. I'm excited to watch the Lakers this year with LeBron. That's I am. a fiery team. It's going to just be an interesting Rondo team. Rondo and LeBron and yeah. Lance and Rondo. Like that's JaVale McGee. Kuzma. Who's Kuzma. 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 Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Lonzo, like, it is going to be an interesting team to watch. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting team funny, to watch. Funny as hell post-game interview. Yeah, a lot of characters, for sure. Another person who I'm wondering if he's trolling or if he's honest about this, Donovan Mitchell, they asked him if he would want LeBron to come to the Utah Jazz. This was right before he announced that he ended up going to the Lakers. And he said, no, he'd rather not. He would actually just rather beat LeBron than team up with him. Do you think he's just saying that because he knew LeBron was never going to go to Utah? Uh, or do you think he actually is real about that. I think he's going to be now a second year player and he's trying to establish himself as like a man I'm I'm trying to be elite in the league I'm not scared of anybody. I don't think he means that because it's like alright man you're kind of overstepping with reality but you know I, I think it's admirable because like I said he's a young guy rookie and um, you know, he's, he's trying to assert himself as you know I'm not scared I'm, I'm a baller I'm, I'm not afraid of anything you know I'm, I'm really down for my team clearly. So no man I, I, think, he, uh, I think he's up for the challenge but he cannot he will not reach that feet yeah I respect the, the sentiment a lot too like I think a lot of people say that like man I don't need to link up I can do it myself now if it actually happened if LeBron actually called him up and was like hey man I'm coming over he'd be like oh come over he wouldn't be like nah Ron, no thanks he would definitely be like alright come on over he was like man Utah we got great craft beer yeah exactly and- hiking you can hike and all about it. yeah skiing snowboarding sometimes if you know you're not invited and you're like well I didn't even want to go anyway that party was lame but <laughs> if you would have been invited you're like oh yeah I'll come through but if you know you're not invited then you pretend like you never wanted to go and I feel like it's kind of the situation with that like he was just kind of being defensive and protecting himself from rejection they're like are you recruiting LeBron to Utah and he's like you know LeBron's not going to fucking Utah he's like no nah, man we don't even need LeBron he's just kind of def- def- defending himself so he doesn't get embarrassed being like please LeBron please we could really team up and uh, then LeBron's like 
Utah? No. So, but that being said, I'm a huge Donovan Mitchell fan. The dude can ball. I'm excited to see what he does. You know, next year he already had an awesome rookie season, um, and I'm excited to see him keep growing. And I think it's honestly better for him that he doesn't have Brown on his team because he can keep growing into being a leader of his own team. No, man, it, it is a very exciting NBA season upcoming, man. Yeah. And I also have to give a special shout out to Donovan Mitchell because he was really playing Mo Bamba by Sheck West on his. He kept putting it on his Instagram story. He would always be playing it in the car and stuff when he was driving it around. So I was like, and he wasn't the only one. And uh, Kelly Oubre also is a big fan of the song, and he's he's friends with Mo Bamba as well because they work out together. Yeah, those guys helped me find. I was like, all right, this song goes, and I had to look it up for myself, and I've been listening to it all the time. Check West. Check West. But it's, it's funny for Mo because this song came out a while ago, and now it's like blowing up as he's blowing up, and he's coming to the NBA. So it's kind of good timing for both of them. They're like both uh, helping each other come up. Shaq and Mo. Shaq and Mo and their boys. They're like friends. They're friends. They're real friends. It's not just like when people shout out Michael Jordan and they like Michael Jordan or whatever. Like these dudes are actually real friends and they came up together. And that's what I'm saying. Like the song came out before Mo Bamba was even actually really famous. But like you love that confidence in your friend that Shaq knew Mo was going to be famous. Damn. I mean, he was already like getting really recruited, but I think the, the song came out when Mo was like 17 or 18. Now, but before he was even playing it. Maybe he had just wow. started at Texas or something at the time. Foreshadowing, man. Yeah, Shadow. foreshadowing. And that's a lot of confidence in your boy. Like, he's going to blow up. Let me make this song about him now. And the song is even, like, it has more weight because, like, I, I remember if you sent me something, I think I sent it to you, I can't remember, uh, when Obama got drafted, they were, like, playing that in the club. And, mm-hmm. like, the song was, like, the song came out, like, almost, I think it was, like, two years ago and it was, like, kind of underground. Now it's, like, really blowing up. It's, like, damn, good for Shaq West, like, man, having that foresight. To, you know, exactly. Because, like, when that song came out, honestly, when I first heard it, I didn't even think I was watching Mo Bamba at Texas. I didn't know who he no. was. I thought that was just, like, some new slang. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, all right, cool. Like, this yeah. goes. <laughs> yeah. So it's great. It's great, like, how they both, um, they're both pulling each other up. Mo getting more famous is helping Shaq, and then Shaq having a dope song about Mo is helping more people know who Mo is as well. So it's great for both of them. But I just feel bad for Mo that he has to go play for the Orlando Magic next year. That was, like, the worst possible option for him. Yeah. But hopefully he has fun down in Disney World and he can get out of there yeah, soon enough. Fun down at Disney, you know, you can check out the little Harry Potter Joan at, uh, what's that, Universal ICLC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hopefully he can go check out the Harry Potter Joan and how to transport himself to a different team. Uh, <laughs> draft story I saw Kevin Knox from Kentucky who ended up going to the New York Knicks they kept asking him it wasn't the Knicks but one of the teams kept asking him about his kid and he was like I don't have a kid and they kept being like well, where's your kid and he was like I don't have a kid <laughs> and then eventually he was like he kind of pinned it back on them he was like okay well if I have a kid what's his name and they're like oh no we're just playing with you man we just wanted to see how you react but, but where's your kid but where's your kid and then he was like I told you I don't have a kid I feel like I mean he's only uh 18. Um, obviously, you can have a kid at any age. I'm just saying, I mean, not any age, but obviously, you can have a kid that once you, uh, you know, obviously, an 18 year old can have a kid, is my point. But it's kind of just trying to mess with his head, I think. And I, maybe they just know um, other players are going to shit talk him and fans are going to shit talk him just to see how he reacts. But I feel like that's kind of pushing it too far. What do you think? Uh, I think that whole situation is actually pretty funny, man. I was leaving with that. I think that's just hilarious. <laughs> what if you were interviewing for a job and people kept asking if you had a kid and you know you don't have a kid? <laughs> 
Um, I think in that moment, I would do the same. Like, I am a kid, man. But I think deep down, I would be, like, laughing hysterically. When I, when I left, it would be, like, a great, like, story when I go to parties and talk about you know, yeah. shit to my friends. Like, that'd be hilarious. Like, like David, uh, who's your resume? And, uh, you know, we like your experience. But, uh, you know, we have uh, some, some nice benefits for the family. Like, that's yeah. about your kid. <laughs> yeah. I guess you can just think. I'm what would you do? Story. How would you feel? I would just, I feel like I would start to worry, like, shit, do I have a kid? You know, I would. <laughs> Put it in the background. I would be like, wait a sec, maybe they know my past better than I do. I would just be like, man, if y'all are keeping a secret, just tell me now. Don't ask me questions like this. Before we stop on the basketball, somebody who is from L.A. but probably won't be playing in L.A. again anytime soon for a real team is LaMelo Ball. He's the youngest of the Ball brothers. We've talked about them all. We've talked about the Pops LeVar. We've talked about Lonzo, who just put out his rap, and he's put out you know several songs. And uh, we've talked about Jello, who's had all these different ups and downs, both here and in China and in Lithuania. Now LaMelo is playing for the Junior Basketball League, which is something that uh, his dad started, which has all teams of guys who are hoping to one day make the NBA, but probably won't. And the funny thing about this, I don't know if you knew, KC, all the teams are called the Ballers because it's Big Baller brand owns the league. Right. So it's like Atlanta Ballers, New York Ballers, New York Ballers. Dallas Ballers, like LA Ballers. Video game shit. Yeah, it sounds like create, NBA Street. Create a team. Create a team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like either backyard basketball or like uh, when they would like this, the knockoff cartoon basketball game where they can't afford the real jerseys and teams. The hilarious thing is even though their family's supposed to be shooters and the bar keeps bragging about how their sons can make shots from anywhere, so far that they've been playing, LaMelo has taken 45 three-point shots and he's only made six of them. That's not a good percentage. I'm not sure exactly what percentage that is, but it's not good. I know that's definitely that's, true. That's, that's about 14%? <laughs> I don't know. Would be my guess. Either way, the point is it's not good. The funniest, funniest thing about this to me the coach of his, uh, the L.A. Ballers, his name is Doyle Balthazar, which is just a <laughs> badass name. I love it. Doyle Balthazar, we can't wait to get you. That, I was going to say, that sounds like one of Harry Potter's potion teachers. Like, that just is a dope name. We would love to get Doyle on the show and talk Doyle, to yo. Professor Balthazar about, you know, what it's like coaching in the JBA, Junior Basketball Association. Holla, 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 also, holla. you sent me this. LaMelo also almost burned down Lil Yachty's house. First of all, are you surprised they're friends? Second of all, are you surprised he almost burned down his house? Uh, I'm not surprised they're not friends. They're both idiots, and I say that respectfully. They're both like total fools, total clowns. So, no, I'm not surprised at all. Secondly, not surprised at all because LaMelo Ball, every time I've seen him, whether I'm seeing him play or on that show. He's just a fun goofball. Like, he has no idea about anything. Yeah, so, so he set so many fireworks off, he almost burned it down. Now, how do you think, when it's like random celebrities like that, how do you think they be, end up being friends? Melo is from L.A. Yachty is from Atlanta, right? So, it's. I mean, I know Yachty travels all over the world to tour. I guess he's probably spent time, spent a lot of time in L.A. Do you think one of the guys just drops into the other's DM? Or do you think they, like, see each other at, like, a party? Because the thing is, like, Lamelo is only 16, so it's not like he can really go 
go out clubbing and stuff like that. I know Yachty's pretty young, too, but he's not 16. No, I think what happens, man, is like, yeah, I honestly think something like Lamelo's like, yo, Yachty, your music's dope. But I don't know, like, how celebrities have, like, secret private messages or whatever. But, like, I'm sure, like, if Yachty would see it, like, oh, yeah, thanks, man, your brother, blah, blah, blah. And then probably like, yo, next time I'm in Atlanta, next time I'm in LA, let's hang out. And then just, cool. I, I think it's actually as easy as that. So that's the other thing I want about wonder about celebrities. Sometimes it seems like celebrities have, like, fake friendships with other celebrities because it seems cool. I wonder, are they actually friends, or did he just hit him up and he's like, yo, I'm in Atlanta. He's like, yo, come through, like, whatever. But they actually don't really know each other that well. Or do you think they're actually, no, like, I think, real, I real think, friends? I think they're boys, you know. You think they're, if you're hanging with somebody, like, you don't hang with people on 4th of July that are just like, eh, whatever, you know. Like, 4th of yeah. July is like a holiday where you, like, hang with your, 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 your peeps. So yeah. I think they're probably boys. Wow, it's interesting. Speaking of 4th of July, we can't stop without talking about Nathan's hot dog eating contest. Hot dog eating contest. Of course, that's a sport. So don't you, don't you, I'm Open Family, belittle the, the hot dog eating or any other competitive, competitive eating. You have to be, ironically, out of shape, but yet in very much shape to consume that many hot dogs and not literally die. Yeah, you do. You have to train. You have to train. You have to train hard. Uh, real, real quick, David, before you get into the story, it's just a little, little like, side thing yeah. on my mind. How do they do that? Like, like it's like, all right, man. So I want to be a basketball player. So I'm gonna run, do mm. calisthenics, work out. Like I want to, you know, swim. So I'm gonna practice mm. up my breathing and learn how. To, like, how do you like get in the shape? Like whether it's the mindset or like physical capacity to like eat. Starting off like ten hot dogs in like ten minutes. How do you do that? Yeah. Well, I think uh, one crazy thing is they starve themselves before the competition. The best guys starve themselves before, and the people don't have to be in the best shape, like you were just saying. But a lot of times, like right now. The, the the champ uh, is Joey Chestnut. He's not like fat. He's kind of just like a normal shaped guy. Before it was Kobayashi. Normal, white, like normal white bro, just middle, kind of middle size. He's not like jacked, like really strong, but he's not like a he's huge not, fat, so he just kind of like a, looks like a normal. Like a, like a slob. Yeah, 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 just kind of looks like a normal dad or like a guy who like sells insurance or just whatever works. <laughs> I don't know. He just looks like kind of like a normal guy, except for when he's shoving uh, like four hot dogs in his mouth at once. And before him, it was Kobayashi, and he's he was little. He's a little oh, guy. Yeah. Remember him? Yeah, he was the legend before Joey Chestnut. He's definitely not big. I think it's you just it's more about speed eating and just swallowing as fast as you can in that period. I'm sure they have to train their stomach to like stretch really quickly. So maybe they like don't eat for like a couple days and then just like eat five pounds of chicken wings and like see how fast they can do it. So I think it's more of like a speed thing and just because they have a special swallow technique they use with the water and stuff, so I think part of it is building up your appetite, and I'm sure that's why they starved themselves before, so they're hungry enough to eat that much, and I think part of it is just t training your stomach to stretch that quickly when you eat that quickly. So, Joey Chestnut broke the record. He has 74 hot dogs that he ate this year. Only problem was, when they first finished the competition, they thought he ended with 64, which would not have been the record, and then they checked it out, and they realized that he had actually eaten 74 because there was two plates that I guess they didn't see, so they missed it. And without, with this whole scandal, they're wondering if next year they have to go to digital refereeing. <laughs> Do they need instant replay technology to make sure they count the number of hot dogs 
great. Count the right number. Because they almost got it 10 yeah. off. I mean, they wouldn't have even realized that Joey Chestnut broke the record until they, but somehow they realized and they didn't have that technology. This year. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, do you think they need the, the, the goal line technology next year, the instant replay technology? I mean, if Kobayashi is breaking 70 plus hot dogs in 10 minutes, if that count, and this is also, like, for y'all who don't know, like, you know, we posted a video, you can just Google, like, Nathan's hot dog famous. Like, it's huge. Like, it's like a whole table. And then there's, like, fans, people going mm-hmm. on. There's, like, tourists that are just coming, probably didn't even know if those guys, like, the actual competition. They're buying hot dogs. There's, like, so much going on. And, like, there's not many judges. And, like, one one time I saw a judge was, like, on his phone. <laughs> like, so, yeah. no. It's I think, a big I think event. they either need to be just a little more, you know, focused and, you know, aware of what's going on. Or they might need some digital stuff. Because, like you said, man, yeah. this is, like, a legit competitive, like, real sport. This is yeah. just some, like, hot dogs in Rock Creek Park. <laughs> Maybe one thing, they just don't give the judges beer. Maybe it's since it's the 4th of July, the judges are turning up celebrating 4th of July, having their own beer and hot dogs, and, like, really make sure the judge is focused. But whoever, like, signs up to do the instant replay tech, slow-mo of the hot dog eating contest, bless their heart, because that's disgusting. It's awful. No, I mean, uh, yeah, because if you're not on Kobayashi's level, man, those, those you know, rookies or those young gunners, four minutes in, automatically jacking. Yeah, and, like, do you really want to see the slow-mo instant replay of, like, hot dogs going into people's mouths and then be like, oh, is that three and a half or is that four and a half? Hot gotta dog. review it. Gotta review it. Slow-mo review it. That is disgusting. If you want to do that, if you, like, ch- like just by choice sign up for that and think that's really cool, you gotta reevaluate your life. I'm sorry. Like, that's too much. <laughs> and for the people who do sign up, they better pay those ladies and gentlemen a lot of money because that's absolutely disgusting to have to, like, look slow-mo. I mean, it's just gross. Some people d- uh, dunk their buns into uh, water, water so they yeah. can like slide they down like easier technique. it's like, really you know, gross the buns, they, they break the buns in half they do like this mush yeah it's, it's awful so if you had to slow-mo <laughs> replay that have mercy on these judges that's crazy I feel like it, it takes a certain kind of special person that would want to do that mm-hmm. you're absolutely right gluttons for punishment as they say what, I mean I love eating I love food and that's why I could never do an eating competition because it would just ruin that food for me or maybe even ruin eating for me like I love to appreciate the food that I'm eating and take my time and really savor each bite. I just feel like it would ruin eating for me or ruin that specific food for me if I had to, you know, eat know, that it's, way. It's ruining eating entirely. It definitely ruins my appetite when I watch those dudes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely gross. <laughs> well, anyway, congratulations to Joey Chestnut for breaking the all-time record. 74 hot dogs. Don't try that at home, ladies and gentlemen. Don't try that at home. I'm, I'm open family. Just Please don't. Watch Joey do it if you're ever so inclined. Yeah, it's just live vicariously through him. Crazy enough, that's not even our only hot dog story. We're deep in the middle of hot dog season. I could not surpass this story. It's got to come on the show. A Philadelphia Phillies fan was actually injured by a hot dog at the state. Stadium. They had a hot dog launcher out, and it hit her straight in the face. I mean, she's got bruises on her, heavy bruises on her face. Kathy McVeigh, I'm going to give her uh, her shout out. And Kathy, she actually, she already had a shoulder injury. This is the backstory. So Kat, Miss McVeigh already had a shoulder injury, so that's why she wasn't able to lift her arm quickly to catch the hot dog or to deflect the hot dog. So she was just adding insult to injury and adding another injury on top of the first injury that she already had the shoulder injury. Now she got her face smashed by this hot dog. It was just not her day, man. She just, she just unfortunately had some bad luck that day. That was. <laughs> yeah, she. I mean, she did say 
she's such a fan of the Phillies that she does not plan to sue them. I would definitely sue. Definitely sue. Uh, even if you like the team. Like, these teams, it's professional sports teams have so much money. Like, at least sue them and just, if you really love the Phillies, sue them and get them to give you, like, free hot dogs and tickets for, like, a year or something if you really like them. No, she definitely should, you know, yeah, she can get something out of that for sure. Yeah, but the thing with me is, um, why are they actually shooting hot dogs in a cannon? <laughs> that that doesn't seem like it would taste very good. I know sometimes, like, they'll give out. It wasn't, it wasn't like, wrapped up? Like No, it was wrapped up, but, like, it's not, it wasn't just, like, a raw hot dog. It was, like, in a little wrap. It was, like, in a little foil wrap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's definitely unhealthy. All right. <laughs> it just seems like... So, I know a lot of times at games, they'll, they'll do food giveaways. I love a good food giveaway. We all do, right? But, you know, for example, Wizards, when they uh, when somebody misses two free throws in the fourth quarter, it's the famous Chick-fil-A shots, and everybody gets uh, free Chick-fil-A, right? But they don't throw Chick-fil-A at everyone. <laughs> they let you, you just go pick up your your, your coupon. Show your ticket. And, and, and then you get it, right? <laughs> Same thing, like, they give it, they throw out at a lot of places, um, like, pizza boxes to get free pizza. Yep. They're not actually throwing pizza. The boxes just have, like, a gift certificate inside of them, and then you can go get the pizza. Yep. So I just don't see why they're actually shooting the foods, like the actual foods. I'm all for shooting stuff out, like T-shirt cannons, so much fun, love them. At the I'm Open podcast, I think we both just support any sort of creativity pushing the envelope in sports and making it just a fun experience all the way around Right. for the audience, for the supporters. But, uh, I mean, I don't think we really need to shoot shoot food. I think that's maybe too far. <laughs> Between shooting food and ingesting food at an extremely rapid rate got to be like some chill. I think the answer is we need to have the hot dog cannons shooting hot dogs directly into Cho- Joey Chestnut's throat and see how many he can do then. With the instant replay. <laughs> With instant replay. <laughs> see, if his, see, if, see if his esophagus can handle a hot dog coming in at 80 miles an hour from a fucking cannon. With unwrapped. <laughs> With tinfoil, you know, see if, see if his body can handle that. That's going to be the real challenge. I would love to see that next year. Of course we can't say goodbye without doing what we do every single episode and that is to acknowledge our mask off performer of the week shout out future this week our mask off award goes to Jimmy Butler. Now, Jimmy started his career off with the Chicago Bulls. He then moved over to the Minnesota Timberwolves. And he's an all-star. He's an incredible player. But while many of his other peers and colleagues have been spending the summer posting workout videos, getting traded, going to the Lakers, going to the Warriors, Jimmy has been off in Spain. And he's been taking his own unique technique, his own unique way of training for the next season. Jimmy actually posted a video of himself and a buddy taking medieval sword fighting lessons. Now, the two guys were wearing full sort of toga-type costumes, and they were receiving a lesson in the different techniques and the different skills of sword fighting, and in the end, they actually 
fought each other with with swords. It's kind of hard for me to imagine exactly how this sword fighting skill connects to basketball. I guess just being ruthless on the court and uh, taking out your opponent when you have the chance. But I'm glad to see Jimmy was having a great time enjoying his vacation as he deserves because the man works hard. He also stopped by in Spain to chill with his friend Pau Gasol while he was traveling. So Jimmy, we're glad that you're enjoying your vacation. Now, sword fighting, uh, it's not really that common anymore. I don't know if you guys are aware, just because at this point we have other weapons that could basically beat a sword pretty easily. I love to travel, and I always love to have different fun activities when I travel to open your mind. That's why it's called the I'm Open Podcast. Hello. So, Jimmy was sword fighting. That was fun. At first, I was like, this is all fun and games. That's great. He's sword fighting. That's probably something I'd love to do on vacation as well. But as we talked about earlier in the show, with these guys, it's never just as it seems. These professional athletes have so many followers, so many people watching every single step they take, every single move they make. And they know. They know people are reading into it. And as I've thought more about the sword fighting, it's become more and more clear to me what Jimmy Butler actually meant by his sword fighting video. For a little background explanation, Jimmy spent his entire career on the Chicago Bulls, but then the Bulls were sort of at a downturn. They started to be less successful, and Jimmy, he's one of the most talented players in the league, so they ended up trading him to a team that was more on the upswing, the Minnesota Timberwolves. And last year, they did make the playoffs for the first time in more than a decade, and Jimmy deserves a lot of credit for that. But there's been rumors, there's been rumblings, and there's been grumblings that Jimmy doesn't quite get along with some of his younger teammates. Jimmy was brought in to sort of be the veteran workhorse on the team and show the young guys how to win the right way, how to play the right way, how to practice the right way, and really just how to work the right way, how to have the right winning mentality. But it seems like they may not be listening to him. They may not be taking his lessons. Now, it's one thing when you're trying to teach lessons, but if people don't really care about the lessons you're trying to teach, it doesn't do you very much good. So, I really think Jimmy's sword fighting video is a threat to his teammates. I think it's a threat to Andrew Wiggins, and I think it's a threat to Carl Anthony Towns, who are his two most recognizable and most talented young teammates, especially Andrew Wiggins, who there's been a lot of trade rumors around him, and it doesn't seem like Jimmy gets along with him very well. I think he's just trying to let Andrew know, bro, if you don't listen to me next season, now I know how to sword fight. Okay, if you don't listen to me from now on, I know how to wield a sword now, and I could use one to chop your head straight off. Even though Jimmy's laughing in the video, he's giggling, he's jumping around, having a goofy old time with his pal. I think he's sending a little warning shot, a little subtext to his young teammates on the T-Wolves, and he's letting them know. I know how to use this ancient weapon, and if y'all don't listen up, I might have to use it on you. Jimmy, I love it. I love the misdirection. I love it when you act like you're joking, but you're actually serious. That's one of my favorite things to do as well. I love it when you're going on vacation, but you still find a way to get in the head of your frenemies. That's also something I love to do as well. So big shout out to Jimmy on this mastermind move. Enjoy your vacation. Enjoy your world travels. And congratulations on being our Mask Off Performer of the Week. Thank you, everybody, for joining us again for the I'm Open podcast. We've had so much fun with you, and we hope you're able to have at least a little bit of fun as well. Please don't forget to subscribe, throw us a like, 
follow us on Instagram, I'm open underscore pod, for hilarious memes and gifts about sports every single day. And tell your friends to listen to our show. Everybody, have a great night. And don't forget to stay open. Thank you.